and going. And he's also passing down that knowledge to some of our younger um, DBs because we've yeah. got quite a lot on our roster just now. How he's just been picking these guys up off the street. You play DB, get in the locker room. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Next Man Up. And it is not the special episode this week, but it's kind of special because the Eagles won! We destroyed the New Orleans Saints. We're going to get into the miniseries of all that in a second, but before we go any further, welcome to my two illustrious co-hosts, Micarino, as it says on his screen right now, Mick the Beard. And Phil Mount Stevens defense. Mick, how are you doing, fella? The flowers are still alive and kicking, I see. Yeah, I'm back, baby. I'm back. You missed me last week. Wasn't feeling great. I'm feeling fucking fantastic tonight. So let's talk birds, man. Let's talk about wins. Love it. We love a winning podcast, don't we, Phil? We've not had loads of them in the past, but let's keep this train rolling, right? Yeah, there was exactly it's when you go into a game hoping. That like it felt like everything was set up for us to beat the Saints. It was a case of, but nor under normal circumstances, we'd always end up coming away going, "Oh, we were we thought we were going to win that, but yeah, we just eagles it right up and did something wrong." But now that word is taking on a new meaning, and uh, <laughs> and then I think we're uh, I think we're now we're now fulfilling the potential that we think we have, rather than just praying it into an existence. <laughs> it seems like we're seeing progress, growth, flowery growth. It's uh, the flowers continue to blossom. But before we go into the details of that, just, you know, let's uh, hear a bit from you two. Phil, you've been a bit of a night to yourself last night. We got a, a video call at, God, I don't know, 12 o'clock at night. You saying you were home, not sure you could see where the camera was, where your door was or where your hand was. How are you feeling today, buddy? Are you feeling fresh? No, um, I am actually in the locker quite a bit. But um, yeah, it was only someone, it was a... It was a subordinate's leaving do, but it was just an excuse to go out and have a few drinks in town. Came back to the uh, to the mess, and they were um, testing out some cocktails for the Christmas ball that they're they're putting on in next month, and um, they're giving away cocktails for free, basically like a taster session, so people could reject them. Nice. Oh, that's dangerous. Very dangerous because I was already pretty drunk on beer by that point, and then I was drinking espresso martinis, and I'm pretty sure my heart may have stopped at some point during the night. <laughs> I apparently phoned the missus, have no recollection of that. Fortunately, I wasn't in trouble, so I obviously didn't say anything too bad. Um, I did wonder why my phone was in the completely other side of the room to where I left it. But yeah, so um, I'm feeling I'm feeling worse for wear today. Though. Well, I'm nothing will make you feel better than a, a winning Eagles podcast. Just while we're there, Phil, espresso martinis. Um, yeah, your heart must have been going 100 miles an hour. What is your favorite cocktail? Can you, can you tell us what your favorite, what's your, what's your choice, what's your go-to? Um, quite like a blue lagoon. Oh, hello. Blue, blue curacao. I think it's got vodka in it, and um, it's just nice, nice color as well in it. But um, when on the when me and the missus were on our honeymoon, the the cocktail was uh, day at the beach, which is sort of you know I think it's rum amaretto, and the you know the grenadine and the, the orange to red color matches. It's beautiful. Sounds like uh, one of my Wednesday night outs in Portsmouth University. Mick, uh, what about you? Favorite cocktail? Favorite cocktail. Uh, put me on the spot. Um, there's a 
Old fashioned. <laughs> Does an old fashioned count? Does um? You can have old fashioned. An old fashioned count. I'll take that. You could maybe throw in a wee porn star martini there, Kira. Oh. There, you know. I'll oh. tell you what, with that beard, you could probably do the role as well. <laughs> Mick, you're you're pretty happy you got uh you you're got a bit of time off work now and the kids are going yes, away. That's right. That's right, my friend. So it's been a tough week at work. Um worked a 12 hour shift a day just to try and push things out last minute. And not, there's no better feeling in this world than putting that out of office on just say, Oh yeah. See you later. Don't even think about contacting me. <laughs> see this guy. Peace. I love that. I love that. I'm looking forward to an extended break over the Christmas period as well, but I'm not not pulling you out of office on just yet. All right, guys. We beat the New Orleans Saints yes, 40 to 29. I feel like 29 is a bit generous to the Saints of how we played and some of the plays that happened. But I mean, guys, just getting in before we get into the good, the bad, and the damn right sexy. Give us a bit of an overview reaction of uh, of the win against the Saints. Phil, I'll come to you first. Yeah, like I, like I touched on at the start, it's um, we we felt going into it that we should win. I mean, yeah, they had um, quite a few key players out, so we we we, we do have to tailor off with that. But you know, when you haven't got your star running back, two of your offensive linemen, and you're you're on your third string quarterback. The expectation was there, but that doesn't necessarily stop it from being a bit like uh, a bit nervy at the start. But they sort of came out flying out the blocks, and um, almost had pretty much had the game sewn up by half time. Still managed to let them creep back into it. But again, you can turn that as a positive because under previous games we've sort of seen seen the Eagles sort of not capitulate, but sort of not able to stop the bleed. And then uh, they they sort of you know Gannon for 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 all the credit that we don't give him normally, obviously managed to stop it from going that way. And then the offense sort of managed to wrestle back momentum. So it sort of, yeah. it felt quite complete apart from obviously that sort of third quarter sort of slip. It felt like the Eagles were in control from start to finish. Yeah. I, I remember at the moment um, sitting here on the couch with Katie watching the game where the momentum just completely changed. I went in a Saints favor. And I, at that point in time, there was a part of me who was like, Oh God, and we were all like that on the WhatsApp group. I said I kept the faith. I, I did keep the faith, and we did, we did pull it out of the bag. But there was a moment where I think they'd brought it back to twenty or twenty-two points to Saints, and the crowd booed loudly. And like you could hear, like you could hear, and you could feel the momentum shift in the game. And then, as you're right, you know, we 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 did get back momentum and and went up to forty before they scored a consolidation consolidation touchdown at the end to, to bring it up to 29 points but Mick you must be ecstatic another win another win for the Eagles playoff oh, run is a beckoning oh we're sneaking in that door <laughs> I think we put that graphic out a wee bit prematurely and I was like that's going to come back to bite us now but the way the Saints had started making the somewhat comeback and I was I was starting to panic I know you guys kept a, a cool head on but especially in the group chat I was like oh no 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 we can't throw this away. We've been dominating on every level so far in this game, and just to throw it away and and that sort of manner was just just something that I, I just I could see it happening. But also, I was praying it wasn't going to happen. But I mean, I know we sort of said that we're putting the caveat on that the Saints didn't have their their first their, their QB one, whoever their QB one actually is. 
not quite sure. Um, I don't think they know. Or there are B1 either, but listen, you don't put 40 points on anyone easily. So, you know, that, that's a beat in itself. We absolutely destroyed them. Like looking back with, you know, like a bit of, a bit of sense in your head because, you know, game watching the game live, you just worry sort of washes over you. But when you look back, you're like, what was I really worried about? Because it was all a lot of garbage time stuff that was happening. And I don't think it was ever really out of control. And especially when Jalen Hurts came up clutch just to put the game away. And oh, yeah. that was it. That was it. I think that probably gives the fan base confidence when something like this happens in the future now. That, you know, we were at that point in the game. It could have gotten away from us. There was a time where it could have gotten away from us. When it, when it was, you know, it, it looked like they were going to score in every possession. And it looked like we, came, we couldn't get a first down in that momentum period. But, um, yeah, I mean, there are 40 reasons to be happy that this week, uh, and you hit the nail on the head. Uh, Eagles put 40 points up, and our offense looks good. Our defense looks better. So before we go into any more details, why don't we go straight into it, lads, into the good, the bad, and the damn right sexy. I want to kick it off with the good, and I want to kick it straight back at you, Mick, and that is Nick Sirianni called a great game for the Eagles especially on offense, what in particular were you happy with that Sirianni did on Sunday? Well, as I wrote in my, my notes that you're possibly referring to, he had the buzz. He had that sack to run the ball 50 times to, against the number one defense in the, in the NFL. So um, credit to him. He, he, he um, put his chips down on the players and believes that the our system, our run game, is better than their run defense, and it proved it proved it on the night. I don't think Sirianni did a lot wrong. There was maybe a couple of plays where you thought, yeah, you, that's not really, you know, possibly the wrong play call. But I mean, the, you don't get every single play call or right on nail on the head. Like, let's be real for a second. So, um, yeah. I think Sirianni is going from game to game. He's he's utilizing um our team to our strengths. Um, and it's just getting better and better every week. I'm really, really impressed with them now. Like to come from where we were at the start of the season, we weren't like like after like three, four, five losses, we were we sitting thinking, you know, is, is Sirianni going to make it through the season? Is he, you know, is he one and done? Um, I know we discussed on our podcast like he's at least going to see through at the end of the season, but I think we're pretty comfortable that he's um, to take his own metaphor. He's blossoming in in his own role. And he's grown into the role as much as, you know, the players are buying into his philosophy. Um, and, you know, credit where credit's due, he's changed it when it's not working. And what he's doing just now, I mean, it's on, it's, it's like we, we blew the sense away, blew them away. And, and it's only looking better for the strength of schedule that we've got for the rest of the season. Things can only get better, hopefully. That's the um, music for the end of the podcast. <laughs> I think I've used that one this season. <laughs> Maybe you have. Um, I think you made a couple of very poignant points there, Mick, specifically around Sirianni's ability and you know not having too much pride to change it when it isn't working. You talk, you talk about the running game, some stats here, 50 carries against the number one defense in the league. Let's not forget this. 
the Saints average, I think, 75 yards before the weekend. Of, of allow, they allow 75 yards average against the run per week. Number one re, um, run defense in the league. Amazing defensive line. And we're going to get into where I'll pause there before I get too far and give away the damn right sexy. But they were very, very impressive on the ground. 242 yards. It is the fourth time the Eagles have rushed for over 175 yards in a game. The last time they did that was in the 1950s. So that just shows you when they ran it for five times, not that much for five times in a row. So watch out against the Giants to see if we can equal that record and perhaps break it the following week. 94 yards on the ground for Miles Sanders, averaging 5.9 yards per run is impressive. And Jalen Hurts has rushed for nearly 250 yards in the last four games, 69 yards on the ground. And we'll get to what else he did on the ground in a minute. But Phil, those, those stats um, speak volumes not only for how the running game has, play, has played out against um, the opposition over the last few weeks, but also about Sirianni's ability to adapt and change. He is a rookie head coach. He's only ever had an offensive coordinator role before. And I'm looking around the league at some of the other rookie head coaches that, that are in the league this year, and they're not doing anywhere near as well as Nick Sirianni is in a team that was supposed to be in transitional year. Tell me something negative, Phil. I'm getting away with myself. Well, I can't. I've got two 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 bits really. Um, one, it was just makes me think back to this. I think uh, before the Saints game, there was a picture that came out. I don't know if you guys probably did see it, but sort of almost mocking the Sirianni flower analogy with weeks one to seven being a seed under the ground doing next to fuck all, and then sort of week eight, nine, ten, eleven, it's sort of it's starting to sprout and 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 come to fruition, but. But it's when you sort of flower at and fill, the fans, fl- yeah, and they flew, they flew yeah, they flew, yeah, but, but that's, yeah. yeah, that's the fan base. And I think deep down, we all love the fact that they are that passionate that you have yeah. to, you can't, they, they, no one gets a pass, they make you honest, yeah, they keep, they keep you honest. You can't top hide or anything like that. They'll call you out on stuff. But, but going back to that picture, it's more a case of, you know, when we're, when we're saying it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's a, transitional season and and there's not really any expectations it's all about growing gelling finding an identity and it's like that doesn't happen from week one necessarily i mean if you're lucky they hit the come out of the blocks and they probably you then feel they're probably overachieving at some point the the glass floor is going to shatter and it's it's going to be not based on anything but because it's take maybe taken so long and that's gradually showing out week by week we're sort of seeing a bit more of a solid game plan a bit more of an identity that um that people are actually now um, afraid of and that was my set what was going to be my second point is that up until this point if every time you sort of listen to people talk about the eagles or they're previewing a game and they're like i can't back the eagles because i just don't know what's going on with them i don't know what they're what they're trying to do like are they trying to run it are they trying to pass it i think that changed last weekend maybe the weekend before but i think against the saints that that sort of it turned from being a bit of well i don't know so i can't really say much about them to you know, you've got, you know, their, their run defense isn't very good. Therefore, Eagles going to win. I know we'll get into the Giants game, but essentially that's what almost what everyone's looking at now is going, the Giants aren't great at stopping the run at all. And and the Eagles now have a very strong sort of smash it down your throat kind of run offense. And like like you guys have touched on, you know, putting up that amount of yardage on the number one rush defense is, Crazy. is not, it's just definitely not to be stiffed at. And that's not a fluke. That's, and that's just absolutely humongous balls to sort of, 
go that's what i'm not you know we're, we're good at the run and it's either going to work or it's not having the faith and having the conviction to sort of go i'm not going to change it just because they're the number one defense uh against the rush do you know what i mean like, i think from going from now on it feels very much like i, I can confidently say that i'm back in the eagles not because of hope or loyalty it's because i generally have a belief that that what they're going to do is they're going to have a strong chance it might not work but it, they won't lose because they if they've stopped sort of shooting themselves in the foot so much, they still feel like a little bit more of a as of a solid base to sort of get get behind. Absolutely. And you, you say you're shooting yourself in the foot, and it's a great segue into the next good part of the week. And that's Jalen Hurts. He's he's been part of our good on the good, the bad, and the ugly now for the last three weeks, I think, in a row. He's been the first one on on the team sheet, if if you will. And one of the reasons we're not shooting ourselves in the foot is because we're protecting the ball. We're not turning the ball over so much, like you know, and you don't turn the ball over so much when you rush the ball. You turn the ball over more when you throw the ball. It's been like that forever in the NFL. More likely to throw an interception than you are for a running back or a rushing player to fumble the ball. Tell that to me, Sanders. Yeah, I know. I know that did happen <laughs> in this game, but let's not take yeah. Let's not take the gloss off Sanders. He, he had a good game over than that fumble, ninety-four yards straight off the back of an injury with five point nine. Um, yards per rush is really good and I know at the start again we were, we weren't too, too sure about that and we'll come on to the bat in a minute Jordan Howard went down with an injury after a few sparkling runs through the middle like an absolute wrecking ball um, through the middle and at pace as well I might add like he, Howard looked the quickest I've ever seen him before he had his injury um, but Hertz, Hertz, is, Hertz is protecting the ball but that's not why I want to talk about Hertz in the good Hertz has three rushing touchdowns in this game three rushing touchdowns I've been looking at some of the comparisons out this week about Jackson's first 14, 14, 15 games in the NFL. There's 14 games in the NFL. And they have the same number of um, total yards. They have the same number of, I think, uh, Hertz actually has a few more touchdowns. I think their touchdown to interception rate is pretty similar. All the stats basically are incredibly similar between Jackson and Lamar Jackson, that is, not Deshaun, and Jalen Hurts. And he is a rookie quarterback, right? He is he is not a he is not a natural pocket passer. No, why? Because he's an athlete and he can run on the ground. And all the time that people spend practicing in the pocket and throwing the ball, Jalen doesn't spend all that time because he's also aware that he can make runs with his legs. And he doesn't run in the same way that Lamar Jackson does. He's not as swifty or nifty and, and dodging around, but he showed he can do it. Oh my God, that third rushing touchdown of the game of the game against the Saints where he put the foot in the ground and sent the Saints player back to 1912 right, <laughs> at the same time. I mean, that was ridiculous. And then the, the division to cut into that hole and to sprint away from the DBs and get into the end zone at a crucial moment in the game. That killed the game off the Eagles. That stopped the momentum happening. It's happened now for, th- for at least two weeks, not three weeks, where Jalen has put the team on his back at an important moment in the game. We've talked about his leadership before as well in the past. He is impressing me so much at the moment. And he is surpassing my expectations of where he would be as a quarterback so far this year. And I think his ceiling is a lot higher than some people think he is. He is only going to get better as a passer. And he already has the attributes as a rusher. And we've seen him get better as a passer this year and protecting the ball. He's he's absolutely coming on leaps and bounds. And I think... For me, it's the um, it's just it feels very much like he's comfortable in his own skin. Like he's he's over that that rookie hump of 
it's now your team now you've got to deliver which he wasn't phased you know I'm, yeah i know he wasn't particularly phased by the thing he's, he's saying all the all the right things and he was he was still performing quite well but that feels almost like he's comfortable <clears throat> excuse me he's comfortable in, in what's going on and and he almost just knows he believes he's, you know when he and when Quez Watkins uh, dropped that pass last week, and um, I think there was another one against the Saints, um, oh, this escaped me. But essentially, you see the look—he's he's got that that look in his eyes now, where he's disappointed. He's no longer sort of just thinking, "Oh, okay, that's probably me," or "It's probably that." He's just looking at the guy going, "You should have caught that." Yeah, and it's almost like that just shows me that he's definitely—he's taken it on. He's—he's—he's he's, he's growing into the suit. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, love it. Um, hashtag rare breed. Mick, Jalen Hurts, yeah. nothing but good things to say, right? Nothing but good things to say. I think he's, I don't know if it's just me, but he seems to be getting more intelligent every week as well um, in his decision-making, um, knowing when to step out of the pocket. He's not, he's not just automatically rolling out and, and run, running for five yards and taking a slide, but you know, there's times where he's, he's even dropping a shoulder and he's, <laughs> he's taking on a DB. Um, he's fighting for the team. Um, and yeah, so some of the the, the inter- like if we just take it back to the second touchdown that he had, um, where he ran it in and he manages to stay in bounds and he crosses his arm over um into the end yes. zone. Yeah, and incredible. That, that that's incredible. Like to, to have that um to have that and he's like I can't imagine where these guys like think when whilst they're they're still running, but <laughs> like uh, to, to have the the sort of awareness. Awareness, yeah. To do that sort of thing. And then, like you said, the, the sub touchdown run um, was totally clutch. Uh, absolutely destroyed. Uh, the defender broke his ankles, but not in the Mac Jones way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if Lamar Jackson does that, they're talking about it for the rest of the year. Uh, no, definitely. But like I said, I, I, you can heap as much praise as you want on Jalen Hurts. I think um, it's... He's starting to get recognised, which I'm, I'm, I'm liking a lot. His, his name is 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 uh, coming up the charts, shall we say? You know, and and a lot of NFL circles where he was sort of just dismissed almost um, over the first half of the season, I suppose. But and now also, I think they're, they're seeing him as a, a credible, a credible threat. You know, he's a credible threat to any defense. And it's a great weapon for Sariani. You realize, you know, it's like it's been there, it's always been there. And Hurts, we've seen it to the tail end of last season. We, we know that he can use his legs. I mean, don't get me wrong, I want to see him throw more. I, I think, he, and I do think he's got it in him to do that. But, you know, play to the guy's strengths. He's, he's playing absolutely fantastic at the moment. Yeah. Sorry, I nearly interrupted you a second ago. I was going to say, and also, I think because of the situation at Alabama, uh, with Tua and losing the starting role to Tua, I think that also had an effect on people's perception of Jalen Hurts coming into um, be well as a starting quarterback in the in the NFL. Um, yeah, he's got eight he's got eight rushing touchdowns this year against Lamar Jackson's two. But I think we've said enough. One thing I was gonna say, but I'll 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 hold. I think I'm gonna hold it until the end of the podcast. I'm gonna hold it to the end of the podcast, and I'm gonna move on to the. So the, one of the next good parts of the good, the bad, and damn right sexy, and that is TJ Edwards. TJ Edwards had himself an absolute game and has been rewarded with a year, a new year-long extension contract. And I think, I can't remember who said it, whether it was to see whether he 
it's a fluke or whether he really is turning up to be back to the player. But just to touch on some of the stats from TJ Edwards, he was one of two people to secure an interception during the game. And what a leap it was to secure that interception. I was watching the highlights this morning um, and it was seriously, seriously impressive. He's got some serious speed at linebacker as well, which I've been incredibly impressed with. Not only that, he had seven tackles in the game and three assisted tackles, so 10 tackles in total. He, recom- he recovered a fumble um, for the Eagles. And he also, I don't know if you guys noticed this, he, was, he tipped the two-point conversion pass that the Saints had in the middle of the game as well. Like he did everything you could possibly want out of a linebacker in a position where we've been bemoaning for a long time, Phil. Yeah, it's 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 just like we said before. It's a shame a shame Singleton hasn't hasn't come in because he was the player we were going to we were expecting this things from. But to be honest, I don't think we're that fussy when it comes to linebackers. We've been devoid of the talent in the position for for quite a while. And but yeah, sort of he had an absolute game. It was early on as well, and I think that was probably you can target that as one of the key moments in. The Eagles getting off to such a great start was because you know when you get take a two touchdown lead so early on, it sort of it changes whatever game plan the 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 other team had because they now have to switch to a more aggressive. So which then leads to all the you know the interceptions and the and the, the poor decisions on their part later on in the game. So yeah, like I say, you know definitely the the man of the match for me. Yeah, Mick TJ flying around the place. Happy he's got his year extension. Absolutely. Um, they'll give him a, a year to prove that this isn't a, a one-off, sort of maybe taking a bit of insurance there over um, Alex Elko's season last last year. So, I mean, if TJ Edwards can prove that he's the, the big linebacker of the future, happy days. Um, we always want to have guys that are on the roster that are well, fairly cheap. We'd, obviously, we've identified that linebacker position as a problem and it still is a problem um yeah. tg doesn't he's, he's a band-aid across you know a, a gash in that position so you know i still expect us to address it in the draft um or possibly even free agency next year but tg absolute highlight can't take it away from him he had, he had a great game on sunday just passed in he had a great game the week before so Credit to him, he's, he's coming up big where he needs to be. He was on it, he was actually on the I don't know if you checked it out, but the Maked Up episode for the Eagles. Oh, was he? Oh, yeah, so check that out if you've not listened to it yet. It's quick. Okay, I'll definitely check that out. Check that out if you're listening in and you haven't seen it. Uh, you, Mick, you mentioned he had a good week this week and a good week the week before. There's another player on defense who had a good week this week and a good week the week before, and that is Big Play Slay. He has really shown up this year. Mick, I'm going to stick with you on this one because, you know, I know you wanted to talk about him. He, we were raving about Hargrave being potentially defensive player of the year for the Eagles. Uh, he's quite quiet for the last few weeks, probably because teams are getting used to him um, and maybe double teaming him as well. But Darius Slay, is, is he's come to play. And two pick sixes in the space of, well, say pick six, fumble recovery for a touchdown and a, and a pick six this week, Mick. He is really stepping up and delivering what we hoped he would when he first came to play at the link. Man, he's one of the highest paid on his team, so he should be doing that. Nah, I'm not going to give that against him. <laughs> nah, Slay has been killing it. He's been absolutely killing it. Um, 
still upset that he changed his number in the off season because um, I've got his old jersey. But it's making me think about buying a number two if he keeps this up because he has been phenomenal this season. Um, like you said, we, we all identified Javon Hargrave as being the defensive MVP of the season, but big play Slay has definitely got something to say about that. Now, um, I think he's more likely to score on, on any given Sunday than half of our receivers, to be honest with you. Um, but it's, it's, it's great to see. It's, it's what we've been trying out for. We've been, we've, we've been we've, we've needed a, a CB1 for years and years and years. It's always been a problem position for the Eagles. And, you know, when we got Slay from Detroit last, last offseason, like we've finally done it, you know, and then he had he had a good season last year. It wasn't terrible, but it could have been it could have been what he's doing this season, which is absolutely fantastic. So he's he's more than made up for um the the cap space that we are we allow for him at the moment, and um you know we'll just hopefully he keeps on going. And he's also passing down that knowledge to some of our younger um, DBs because we've yeah. got quite a lot on our roster just now. How he's just been picking these guys up off the street. Do you play DB? get in the locker room. So, <laughs> um, so hopefully Slay's teaching him a thing or two and I love the relationship he's building with Monte Smith as well. That whole story arc, if you want to call it that, as if this is a soap opera or something. I just love it. I love it all. I love it. I, I don't want to go back into talking about Hurts, but like there's so many people who talked about him in the dressing room. People just want to play for him and and Slay is a leader on defence. And you mentioned CB1. It feels like we have a CB1 too and, and Nickel, you know, at the moment, um, with 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 Maddox in there as well, I still probably would Phil address cornerback in the draft and have someone come in and learn. If none of these, as you say, pick up off the streets, work Mick Slay isn't young, um, you know Nelson isn't isn't that young either. And I think you know I think we should we should probably look at that in the draft. But it's not as big a concern for me as linebacker is, or perhaps. CB was before the league started. Would you agree? Is that something you'd still address in the draft, Phil? I think it's still too early to be. I think, yeah, in in, in general, obviously, we're, we're, we haven't finished this season yet. Let's we'll see where we are at the, at the end of it. And it also has a lot down to where our draft picks fall and where the top players are. Because as we've seen so far, a lot of the college players that were tipped to sort of be going in the top 10 um, probably aren't going to be there now or aren't, aren't people aren't confident. So, I'd like to say that it would just all depend on um, who's available where and smart drafting rather than, than anything else because they've got the they've got the team like you said you'd still you'd still address it but we've got good players in those positions we just don't, maybe don't have as much depth so I think you can take you, we'll have how many eleven draft picks I think at the moment one hundred and forty two on last count I saw yeah quite quite a few so I think they'll be able to sort of almost just do a scattergun approach, just take a Tommy gun to the draft and just scatter it and just go, well, we'll have you, we'll have you, we'll have you. Yeah, you can jump in. Yeah, come with <laughs> us as well. And there'll be some UDFAs as well that will come in afterwards. So I'm almost not worried about specifically targeting the position because I think you just naturally pick up those players along the way anyway. Far be it for me to start the draft conversation halfway through the season, but I saw a take the other day. Um, that Howie might actually use one of his one of the first round picks if we do get the three. But actually, on that point of getting the three, uh, I saw today that Wentz is only around sixty snaps away from getting yeah uh, achieve it this weekend from achieving it in projections of how many snaps. So that's locked and loaded unless he gets injured. Probably touch wood, guys everywhere he doesn't get uh, injured this weekend coming. 
classic wins would do that to us. Um, so that's pretty much locked in. But the take I saw was that Howie may actually use one of them to, to trade back in the draft, pick up some more capital, a player, and, and some, some more picks or picks for a future year. So maybe something that I wouldn't be too surprised to see. But anyway, we won't go down that rabbit hole this early. Um, we're not even in the off-season yet. We haven't even made the playoffs yet, guys. Right? Let's, uh, let's put that. Let's leave that where it lay alongside Darius Slay. All right. <clears throat> so top of the bat, I don't think there's a lot to talk about here, if we're being honest. Uh, one thing I wanted to stress was injuries for me. Uh, there was four players came out of the game with injuries. Davion Taylor, probably the biggest concern for me out of those. Not concern. Uh, annoyance, I suppose, is more apt because he was just starting to play a bit. He was just starting to get going. I think we spent a third or a fourth round draft pick on him. Um, was it last year or this year? I can't remember. Um, so has talent. We were starting to see some of that talent. And it looks like he might be out for the year, Mick. Yeah, he's on IR. Um, well, we just placed him on IR this week. He had surgery, I think, on Tuesday. It was very quick, actually. It all happened. But it looks like he's... I don't think he can return this season, to be honest with you. Um, where we are in the season just now and coming off surgery, I just... Yeah, stranger things have happened, but maybe we'll maybe we'll get him back for the for the wild card playoff game. Who knows? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> but Alex Singleton's waiting in the wings, so you know. But we've got we've got depth there. But it is a shame, like you said, he was he was he was starting to come into a game. Um, it's a, it's a shame for the guy. But in general, I think our team health has actually been not bad this year. Touchwood, Jesus, that's two in a row. Touchwood. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you're right. I've, I've lit genuinely not wanted to mention that on any podcast because of the history of how we started and why this podcast is called Next Man Up in the first place. Is It's because we're so used to the next man up falling into place. Ironically, one of the other injuries to, uh, to our players was Jordan Howard. Uh, loved what we were seeing from him over the last few weeks. A shame. He's, got, he's also got a knee injury, I think a knee sprain. And he's out for a couple of weeks, not verified, but he's week to week. Phil, it's not yeah. really next man up when you've got Miles Sanders coming back into the fold, but he's he's still a miss for the Eagles from what we've seen over the last few weeks, right? Yeah. Um, it's a nice little segue into the, the probably the really significant bad thing that happened with Sanders um, fumbling a couple of times. One, oh, I say he only fumbled once technically, but we, I think we'll count both because they're very similar. But yeah, no, it's... It, we were talking about it obviously last week and we had different differing opinions about Sanders being back in the team and um, whether he should go straight back in, whether he should be RB1. And essentially my, my position was that, yeah, he's RB1 on paper, but he's been out with an injury and the running back room was sort of, sort of moving, coasting along quite, quite nicely. And, and you don't want to disrupt that. And, and Anthony was obviously a staunch, no, it doesn't matter. He's, he's the top guy. You go straight into the team. And I think what happened on Sunday was sort of probably somewhere in between. I think we were both a little bit right, really. I don't think I think he came back and did far better than I than I anticipated. You know, 94 yards um on your first game back, considering how stagnant the running uh game had been since you know, prior to his sure. yeah. prior to his uh his injury. Um but also at the same time, that fumbling and the sort of the running in our own rent, our own end zone, or in in the red zone, in our for our defense, you know, on our side of the ball. Sorry, um, 
Yeah, the hangover is kicking in, Phil. Yeah, the hangover's sort of <laughs> the, the, the fear's coming back. Um, no, it's, it's, he doesn't feel like a secure, safe pair of hands in those situations. And that's sort of, it was almost, it's almost just like, yeah, that's why I'm not sure. I'm still not sort of set on him. And it's more of a case if you go with form, you go with the guys that have been safe with the ball and, and the one two punch. Um, but yeah, somewhere in between. So, it's, it's probably, the, the like I said, the only bad bit, but it wasn't, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it didn't really have that great an impact on the game. It just allowed them back into it a little bit. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think the proof is going to be in the pudding over the next couple of weeks. If the Eagles stick to the same running game um, that they have over the last few weeks and Sanders doesn't perform the way we've seen Howard perform, then I think that's maybe a little bit of an area of concern for us to look at. But overall, long-term, the hope is that Sanders is the third, the three-down running back um, otherwise it's going to be run by committee which is what we've seen over the last few weeks apart from a certain Kenneth Gainwell who I don't think we're really going to see until next year now unless there's um, another injury to either Boston Scott or, or Miles Sanders until Jordan Howard comes back um, Yeah, I'm wondering, I'm, I was just wondering if Gainwell's going to come back into going to be active now that Howard is well, he's doubtful for the Sunday I don't think he's been, has he yeah. been ruled out yeah, no, I, I think I think you. I was gonna sort of thinking the same thing. He's gonna he'll get more if Fort Howard's up, not in. It's just they're just different players. That's the thing. And you're yeah, just sort of different players. Yeah. yeah, no, it's just like when we beforehand we had Sanders and, and Gainwell, and it wasn't wasn't great. But then the others, yeah, Boston Scott and there. Uh, we only Howard. need Scott. Hmm. We only need Scott on Sunday. No, I know, but Drink, it's not, drink I'm, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's completely. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, so that's a definite win. There's two points we've made tonight, which means it's going to be an absolute. Third third time. (laughs) Um, All right. Yeah. So we'll see what happens on the running game this weekend against the Giants, but we're not talking about the Giants uh, just yet. Give me two minutes on Jalen Rager. Either one of you. Two minutes of what? (laughs) (laughs) Two two minutes. Give me 10 seconds on Jalen Rager. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, when when you have Arthur Whiteside coming back in and getting <gasps> one one catch for yes, uh, I'm, I'm so glad 20 you yards, 27 I'm, yards or something like that. I, I forgot all about that. Anyway, it was a significant and that was obviously a very key part of the game. That throw was on it was a huge part of that awful. final drive. But and when then you look next to Rager and it's minus one yards receiving. I mean, you see that a lot on rushing, but I'm not sure how often you see that. He isn't on being targeted, though. I've been I've been reading a lot about Rager this week, and like his his net yards over the last four or five weeks. I he don't got targeted very... once. He got targeted more than he got on that one. It's quite. I think it was in the first half, wasn't it? And it's all. It's just. Was it catch or was it not? Was it a poor throw? Was it not? It's like, but it wasn't that bad. He should. He could still be doing a lot better. Maybe he's suffering from sort of. Oh, I'm really, I'm like RB, RB, I'm a wide receiver four or five now because of everyone else is having more targets, but they're also making better use of their targets. Yeah. You know, you've got, you, you, you can't blame anyone else for not catching it if you're getting the opportunities. I don't think he, right. I don't know what it is, right? But see, I, I, maybe he's just not an established route runner or whatever, but I just don't, it doesn't feel like he tries hard enough. I, I, it's just what I see on the field. It's just, he sort of just gives up if he, if he knows he's not getting the target. He just sort of 
half arses he's run and it's I, I don't know I, I, maybe it's just me and, and what I'm seeing but he, and, and on his kick returns and punt returns as well he's he maybe gain a couple of yards but half the time he's running backwards and it's like, what are don't, you doing? don't even get me started on his returning he didn't uh, take any he has he's not taking any contact on his returning is he he's just straight out of bounds at the first sight of anyone coming near him I, I know that's protecting the football to a certain extent but go on Phil no, it's just I was remembering now. I had a friend over only for the first half, but um, and I, he 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 wants to get into the NFL, so he know very little about it. So I was sort of he was trying to ask, ask questions about why I was getting so frustrated with with Rager's returning. It was almost like he was always making completely the wrong decision. Like whenever he leaves it, it always bounces right to the one one yard line. It's almost like come on, <laughs> you, I I almost accepted that last season and and at the start of the season. It's almost like when and then when he, he leaves it and it goes to the one yard line, but when he catches it, it's like it's because there's a wall of players about and he gets a yard if that. And he's yeah. sort of he's like, he just you've got obviously got three options, don't you? You leave it, you catch, you fair catch it, or you return it. And it just feels like every time he does the wrong one, it's the obvious yeah. wrong one. It's not just like, oh, well, you know, it might be a difficult ball to catch, so you just let it go. It's like, but you can, it's just not very good at it. It's just, it I, I'm gonna. Out. I'm going to put it out. I, I I think I'm not giving up on Jalen Rager. I still think there is a player in there. He is still very very young. He was a he was a he was a first uh, round pick for the Eagles. There is clear talent there. The only worry is he's not built for Philadelphia. We've seen that with a lot of players in the past. Nelson Aguilar, um, Carson Wentz. <laughs> Uh, to, name, to name a few who have talent and are actually going on to, to do better since they've left Philadelphia so far. So I'm not, I'm not sold in him. I, it sounds like a cop-out to say I feel like he's been really unlucky, but I genuinely do feel like he's been really unlucky. You, may, you mentioned he's made the wrong decision every time. And yeah, okay, some of that's decision-making, some of it's luck with the bounce of the ball. He hasn't been targeted that much because of some of the mistakes he's made. Maybe I'm giving him too much rope. Um, last last season, we we were criticizing the fact that he maybe wasn't good enough to be the first round pick, and that because he's the whole hopes are resting on his shoulders, he was sort of um, getting crushed under the weight of the pressure. And then coming to this season, it's like, well, now we've got Devonte Smith. Um, he'll he should be he should be better now because he's not he's not the number one guy. He can kind of find his own niche, and he's and it, that's not helping either. And it's like we're making excuses for it, but. I'm about the time. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm giving up on him completely. I'm just at the point now where I don't see a route back, unless it's just by some freak game where he gets a hundred yard game for some crazy reason. Maybe in one, you know, like a Quez Watkins style, you know, hundred yards off one catch sort of thing. Um, but I just don't see that happening. It's not like he's not getting targeted. I mean, looking at Arthago Whiteside, and that's his first catch all season. Um, and but he also strikes me sort of person who's found his niche like he knows he's more of a a pass blocking blocker, yeah wide yeah, receiver <laughs> wide receiver it's a bit weird but what well, i've said it before a while he's a special ago. Teamer, right? yeah he's a special team but he's found his his niche that's him like he's on the team because of, that's why you know Fulgham missed out that's why all the players that we thought were going to be part of the season aren't but Rager just doesn't seem to find that because he's sort of like he's been shifted more to special teams and as a returner, and it's almost like he can't even get that right. So I'm looking for for ways that he can some somehow show his worth, and I just don't see it happening unless 
you know, touch wood, as Liam says, if there's, you know, injury wise, if, um, you know, if something terrible happens and he ends up getting elevated and it's like, right, you're going to have to pull your finger out. If he, you know, if he pulls his finger out and starts performing, that's, that's the only way I see it happen. Other than that, I think he's just going to get to the end of his rookie contract and he'll be, he'll be going elsewhere probably. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with everything you've said because the stats and the tape backs up all of your points. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's just a gut. I think it's just a gut feeling. Is the only thing I can really go with. I just I'm not sold on Jalen Rager being a dud just yet. I think it's close to be. It's close to happening. But I want to. I want to see him get a few targets over the next few weeks. And if he continues to perform the way he's performing, then I'll probably be right there with you, sat next to you on the bandwagon. Um, but right now I'm, you know, I'm on the fence. I haven't quite got to the bandwagon. I can see the bandwagon rolling out of the the front of the house, and I haven't decided yet whether I want to go to the next town or or stay where I am. It's kind of where I'm at with uh, Jalen Rager. All right, should we get to the favorite part of the podcast? The damn right, sexy. I swear I say that different every time. Um, Mick, I feel like I want to let you take it away. Oh, really? Okay. So it is, you might have guessed it, drum roll please, the offensive line is the damn right sexy this week. I hope you both agree with that shout. Um, if you don't, get the hell out of this pod. And if, if, if you're listening and you don't agree, just press stop and get the hell out of here as well. No, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Mick chose violence. <laughs> Mick chose violence. Uh, so, so did the offensive line, Phil. Defensive line shows violence every time they take a snap. Um, it's, it's no coincidence that our running game is one of the best in the league just now, that we put 240 yards on the Saints, who were giving up an average of 75 yards per game. We doubled that in the first half. Never mind the entirety of the game. We nearly quadrupled that total. Um, and that was down to the massive gaps, the pattern of the, of the Red Sea, that the offensive line were doing. I mean, these guys, um, you know, we've got a bit of continuity in the offensive line. We're not used to that. We're so, not used to that. We're not used to that. So, you know, we've got Myla, we've got Dickerson, we've got Kelsey, we've got Driscoll, we've got Johnson, and they are absolutely destroying any defensive front. And not even just the defensive front, they're getting past the defensive front, up into the second level, and they're destroying the linebackers as well. And they're just making holes after hole. And, and Howard's just belting through, Sanders belting through. We're running between the tackles. We don't have to run outside the tackles because we don't have to because we have that offensive line that are just absolutely annihilating everything that's in front of them. And it's a joy to see. We have, I think, I could confidently say, I think we've got the best offensive line in the league as it stands right now and, and this week, without a doubt. No they've, doubt. They've been I'm... fantastic. Just like the, I mean, and that's, that's in, you know, um, brushed, um, rush blocks. So, yeah, and and pass protection have been just as good. Joe, yeah. Lane, jo- Lane Johnson, Phil, and Jordan Mailata are the highest rated tackles in the league, um, and it's not even close. <laughs> there is a gulf between the next two um, uh, right and left tackles in the league um, compared to Lane Johnson and 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 Jordan Mailata. It's Nick Sirianni was talking this week about, um, oh, hello, as I say that, the Las Vegas Raiders have just scored against the Dallas Cowboys. We're recording during the game. And guess who it is? 
It's our boy Deshaun Jackson with a 56-yard catch. And he takes it to the house. He dodges defenders. He says, Philly, I'm still here for you. Sorry, I got me carried away. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm still on delay, mate. So thanks for that one. <laughs> well, I got him in my fantasy. I got him in my fantasy DraftKings team for tonight as well. So oh, yeah, big VL. <laughs> yeah, big VL. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very happy with that. Going back to the point, uh, Nick Sirianni um, said he's the best uh, lineman. He's ever he's ever um, coached played with in his 12, 13 year coaching career, and he didn't limit that to right tackle or the position. He said in general across the board, he's playing on an elite level at the moment. But I also want to touch on Jordan Mailata this week because I mean there was a there was a rumble in the jungle uh, at the weekend, and Jordan Mailata, Lane Johnson said it was UFC two hundred and eighty seven, and you know he's not surprised that the uh, the Saints player took umbrage because he had a dinosaur on top of him. <laughs> Jordan Malada right. is getting better and better, Phil. Those two in particular, notwithstanding Jason Kelsey, Mick, you mentioned getting down the field. He he burst through, as you said, the, the defensive line took out a linebacker on a, a 26, 27-yard play from Mars Sanders. Phil, I feel like I'm taking all the points away from you that you can talk about. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for the question, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Give me, give me the, give me your, uh, just give me your feedback on on the offensive line and the wrecking ball they are causing now for every single defensive line they are seeing in the NFL. Well, we we know where uh, what uh, Mylata likes to have for breakfast, don't we? <laughs> Pancakes, baby, pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, all joking aside, he was absolutely flattening people, and it's it's incredible what he's done. I think when, when he showed flashes last season, um, we thought, oh, this is good. But it, again, we've seen it before with players like, like Fulgham and, and Singleton sort of just not, not coming back to rep, not to carry on. He just doesn't seem to be slowing down. He seems to be getting better and better. He's now solid, you know, at the start of the season, it's between him and Dillard. Have we, <laughs> have we heard his name mentioned over the last few weeks? Man think, got though. paid. Malala got paid. Yeah. And right. And absolutely rightly so. And I think, it just feels like the back office is making better decisions than they have been over previous years, signing him up, signing Maddox up. And as you've mentioned already, um, Ed, uh, TJ Edwards is getting an extension as well. It's sort of a case of, yeah, but the offensive line is scary. Now watching back plays on, um, on Twitter and stuff like that, and you're just seeing them break it down, but it's just unbelievable. Like both him, Kelsey, and, and, and it just literally just, bang one player, bang another player, and it's just bodies hitting the floor. And I was just going to say that, like, we we need to, they need to be narrated with that uh, Drowning Pool song, Let the Bodies Hit the Floor, <laughs> just because that would absolutely get me pumped up watching that before uh, before we go in to batter the Giants. So. What a well, hate video that would be. I'd love yeah. that. I'll tell you what else will, uh, you know, rile you up for the game against the Giants, and that is when Jordan Mailata was asked about, you know, the scuffle on the pitch. And his response in the interview was, I protect my family and every one of these players are my family. They were going, it accumulated across the whole game. They were hitting him late. I protect my family. I protect Jalen. Oh, it gives me goosebumps even just saying it. And also he was asked, do you want to be called? Do you want to be known as the nasty guy, nasty guy in the field? His response, hell yeah. <laughs> absolutely love that from Jordan Mylana. We've loved him since he came into the league. Six foot eight, seven billion pounds. 
you know, absolute monster of a man. Westbrook was talking this week about playing with some of the biggest guys he'd ever played with. And Jordan Mailata is bigger than all of them. Um, he's a monster. He's going to be a, a pro bowler for years to come. I six, can't say Six him. foot eight is ridiculous, isn't it? Six I know. Is, I'm only I'm I'm five eleven, nearly six foot, I suppose. But that's, that's... you're not going to fuck with him, are you? I'm no. five eight. <laughs> He's a whole foot taller than me. I'm five eight. <laughs> yeah, it's like like my my lad and Cam Jordan, and it was a good battle to begin with, and then my lad just destroyed them. He had Cam flakes as well exactly. as his pan pancakes. Hashtag UFC two hundred and eighty seven. Right, guys. So, I think it's about time to talk about the Giants, the dumpster fire of an organization who we are fronting up against this weekend. There's only one team I hate more than the Dallas Cowboys, and it is the New York Giants. Man, I hate those guys so much. So, we, will, we won't spend too much time on it because we're probably an hour into the podcast already, and you know, hopefully we know what's coming. But, you know, I think, Mick, I'm probably going to throw it over to you. You did a bit of research on the game coming up, so... I'll pass it over to you to, you know, sling it between me and Phil for the Giants game coming up this Sunday, 6 p.m. GMT time here in the UK. Get your wings ready. Get your beers ready. It's going to be fun. It is. Um, can I just start off by saying, uh, fuck the New York Giants. Yeah, boy. Um, I don't know what it is. Just over the, over the course of the last couple of seasons, I've just hated them more and more and more. And, and Honestly, if we don't beat the Giants this Sunday, I'm going to be absolutely fuming. So <laughs> that may be a podcast to behold if um, if, it, if it turns out that way. But um, you pretty much had it spot on in the introduction to the, the part of the podcast because the New York Giants had an absolute dumpster fire. They've um, just sacked their offensive coordinator, so maybe they've got you know a little surprise in them or two um, this coming weekend. But to be honest, Liam. I can't see it, Phil. Honestly, I can't see it. Um, I was, I was like you said, I was doing the research for for the pod because you know for for this particular segment, and I was going through the notable weapons, and I was like, I was, I was, I was looking down the names, and I was like, you know what? Not, <laughs> I'm not really that worried about any of them. I know no. this is sort of like, you know, famous last words and. People that dog on the podcast are going to end up having a, a, a big day, so we'll, we'll tap on that wood for probably the fourth time in the podcast. We'll try to jinx our team into any high draft pick here, but no, they're absolutely a disaster. And I can't believe it at the start of the season that the, you know the Giants were, talk, were, were getting talked about as if you know they were going to be uh, scushing the NFC East, um, notwithstanding the Cowboys, but giving them a good battle for for first and second place and look at where they are they're absolutely terrible I don't think they've really kicked on at all this season like um, they famously we jumped them in the draft to take their, their wide receiver so that was delicious I'm still still lapping that up hashtag um, hashtag leave us alone leave us alone <laughs> um, and they obviously took Kadarius Tony um, yeah. Tony he's, been okay. he's been okay he's been, he's been okay he's, he's had a bit of, a bit of yardage but the numbers don't matter. He's had zero touchdowns this season. Um, but, you, you know, I have watched a, a bit of the games and, and Tony looks quite elusive, actually. Like, he, he seems to jink, uh, like, jink between, um, like, to force missed tackles, which is, is a bit of a problem for us because our linebackers famously aren't great at tackling. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
so you know that's 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 we have to watch out for Kadarius Tony in, in this game. But um, Saquon Barkley, he's not he's come back now. He's not been as, as good as he's been not previously. Um, Kenny Galladay that they brought in, they put him on a monster contract. We thought, oh, this is going to be a problem again. He's not really turned up this season. So, is there much to worry about their quarterback? I don't give a fuck about him. He's he's as long as he's in the city of New York, I'm happy. Nah, he's not Danny Dimes. He's Danny Blinds. He can't see or throw. Like, I, I think he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Unfortunately, I've just seen a Dallas Cowboys touchdown, so we don't talk about that too much. Um, yeah, it, I completely agree with you, Mick, in everything you've said. Galladay's he's injury. He's been injury prone all season. He's been barely on the field long enough to make a difference, and when he has, he hasn't made a difference. Tony looks good. Yeah, but I don't trust. Jones to get in the ball consistently enough during the game for him to make much that much of an impact. Uh, their rush defense, I think, is 26th in the league uh, or close to 26th in the league. Uh, and we're rushing the ball very well, as we've talked about on this podcast so far. Saquon Barkley, is, he doesn't seem to be the same player coming off that. He was an ACL injury. Um, a lot of running backs don't come back the same after that kind of in- injury because of the way they have to cut into the ground, dig into the ground, move, and, and the amount of contact they take. He's not been the same. As I said, Denny Dimes is, is rubbish. I'm struggling to think of anyone, really, that poses a threat, and which is really worrying now because we're going to go and lose to the Giants after saying <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was what I was worried about. <laughs> you start slagging people and then it just comes back to you. Like, you know, I know, but, I know. But, like, like just looking down the stat lines, it's like they're ranked the worst. Well, not not the worst, but well, one of the stats they are the red zone offense is the worst in the league. But you know, like every other stat, they're, they're in the the twentieth and in the, tw- in the yeah. high twenties yeah. of um of, of league ranks, and honestly, they're, they're not really good at anything apart from. Penalty yards and fumbles. And their fans are shit as well. Phil, um, <laughs> Giants uh, coming up this weekend. How are you seeing it? How are you seeing it running, mate? You're not sitting on the fence for this one, surely? No, not at all. I think, I think that that's what a confidence of the last two games gives you. Like I said, they found an identity. We know what we're, what, what Eagles should turn up, um, what, what's going to happen there. They're not so bad against the, the run, but they're, they're the worst against the pass. But you can just, See, that's just not really going to affect Sirianni's plan. He knows what he needs to do to beat them. And the Giants, on the flip side, just look like they don't know their ass from their elbow. I mean, Joe Judge is just what? I have no idea what he is. He just seems like an angry little kid. He's been given a a, a new toy set. He doesn't know quite what to do with it. So he's just flinging shit around and, and hoping that something works. And uh, we, yeah, what Mick said at, at, about... The recruitment at the start of the season you know i was right there going yeah the giants could win the division the giants could be a real nasty side this this year but they just they've not shown anything and yeah i'm not barkley can is going to have probably that game at some point where he finally gets back to a, somewhere near what he used to be but at the moment it just feels like like i said the type of the the injury that he had is a massive massive part of of, yeah. of being that position, let alone the type of running back that he yeah. is and, and smashing it through. You just, you know, whether he doesn't have the confidence, whether he just doesn't want to injure himself again, I, I don't know. But it just feels like ever since tanking against Washington and the the bitchiness that, that, that came out of Giants from the head coach, it just says it all. It's like, you know, 
all these times where you want your coach just to come out and go, yeah, they're assholes. They totally screwed us over because that's how you feel. And they don't, you get angry, but you think that that's what they have to do. They have to come out and they have to be diplomatic and restrained. Joe judges. And it just, and I, and I, it says a lot about who he is and what his coaching style is. And it feels very much like he's trying to go down that tough love route. And I just don't think that's how coaching works anymore. I mean, not the 21st century. No, you've got to, you've got to appeal to the players. You've got to coach them and making them run laps and not making them play with numbers at the start of the, in, in the start of the season. It was, um, it was just mental. It's like, it could work if it works, it works, but it just didn't, it seemed unlikely. And I just don't feel that there's anything apart about the giants that really makes me think, right. We nearly, we need to, to scheme for this. Mm. We need to plan for this aspect. It's more just a case of do your job. Don't fuck up. And the giants will be put away that's that's how that's how easy it should be and i'm hoping that you know the saints game will be that 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 jumping off point for the eagles to go this is who we are this is what we do and we're going to go into to new york at the weekend and, and do what we do what we need to do i mean are we when we did the prediction or you know way too early predictions for the the schedule i did have this one down as a loss but that was just purely because going into new york and the prospect they were at the start of the season I generally feared that we'd go in there and, and, and get absolutely whipped. But the way the two teams of the past have just got further and further apart as the season's gone on, you know, it's going to take something, take something special, I think, for the Giants to have a realistic chance. How about something special? It was a special play that just happened there in the Cowboys-Raiders uh, game. Um, I'm hoping, I don't know if the rule is, if you have the ball. Yeah, OK. So basically what's happened, if you're listening in, uh, Darren Waller has caught the ball. He's um he's he's caught the ball and he's run two two steps, but before he got his third foot down, the Cowboys player came in, knocked it out, and they recovered it. But because you have to have been possession of the ball for three steps for it to be considered a catch, so it's an incomplete pass, and the Dallas Cowboys haven't recovered. Anyway, sorry, what guys, is this the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, uh, it's just we never get five. a chance to comment on the look of the Dallas Cowboys. And also remember <laughs> that you are ahead. <laughs> I don't and also remember when this podcast goes out. Everyone has already, already knows. seen this play. I, I know. I'm just having a bit of fun, right? Don't hate me. Don't hate me. Right. Um, yeah, I agree with everything you've said, um, Phil, completely. And I also wanted to just bring in the fact that the you mentioned, like, there's not much we have to scheme up against, right? The, the, um, the New York Giants are missing some key players on the defensive side of the ball, Mick, and, you know, that was one position which they were strong in. So we talk about the lack of uh, weapons on offense. Defense doesn't look too good either. I'm searching for a reason to say this is anything other than a blowout, Mick. Exactly. Um, like you said, they're, they're missing a few key players. Blake Martinez is probably the biggest loss of the season. Um, who's who's the, the linebacker? It's pretty much the quarterback of their defence. Um, Blake Martinez, everything went through him. And they lost him. And they're, they're slowly, slowly missing him. Um, as well as Jabril Peppers, who I think is pretty, pretty good player so um but don't get me wrong they, they've got a few they've got a couple of good edge rushers so they drafted Oyelari and um, the defensive end um and the draft just just gone and, and they've also got Leonard Williams and bo- both of them combined have uh, 11 sacks for the season yeah. so that's one to watch out for but what was our damn right sexy remind me what it was this season our offensive the, line and our, our offensive right line yeah our offensive line so I don't think Melata and Lane Johnson will have too much trouble with a rookie yeah 
do like Leonard. Um, watch out for him um, against our offensive line, but I completely agree with all your points. Right, with that in mind, Eagles fans listening in, we hope you enjoy the game on Sunday. But before we go anywhere, should we do our predictions, boys? Yeah, sure. And good time. Phil, Mick, which one, which one of you wants to go, go with it? Someone else can go this week. I'll go. I'll, why, why don't I do it? Because I tend to do the graphic anyway, so I might as well. Might as well. Um, You've got those remember. lovely flowers behind you as well, so I can look at them a bit longer. Yeah, if I only did reference it. Here we go. <laughs> right, so here we go. Prediction time. And the first, as always, is first Burns touchdown. Who are we going for, Phil? Oh, so it is a hard one because of um, Howard not being there. I probably would have gone for gone for him, but I think it's going to be a running back or hurt. So I'm going to go for Hurts. Jalen for the fourth time in a row. Liam, Miles Sanders, baby. Miles Sanders is going to come into the touchdown arena. He's going to, yeah, I'm not going to go any further. I'll wait until my um, outside the uh, box. But I'm going to go Miles Sanders. Oh, you've been thinking ahead of the pod. That's not um, right. You're supposed to do it on your, on, on your toes. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely been doing it on my toes. <laughs> you know, I was going to take something just wild for a laugh, but I'm competitive and I want to win this. So I'll go for Devontae Smith, shall I? Ooh, okay. Well, that's guaranteed that Dallas Goddard is getting the first touchdown in the game. Everybody. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> I went for Hurts last week and that came in, so that's not bad. Make sure you get Anthony's uh, predictions before the pod goes out then, otherwise he'll pick Goddard, won't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll, I'll make sure I get him straight after this. I cost him. All right. um, receiving yards, who and Earth? And the Eagles will have the most receiving yards of the game. Now it's always between Smith or Goddard, Goddard or Smith. Maybe it's going to be Jalen Rager, Liam. What do you think? Since you love him so much. No, I mean I went for a ridiculous outside um, prediction last week for Rager to get over 100 yards. And we're just trying to go genuine, mate. <laughs> I mean, it's not happening this week. <laughs> I've got some ground to make up uh, because I've been going pretty outlandish with some of my picks recently. Uh, so I'm going to go Devonte Smith. Quez Watkins. Quez Watkins. Yes, love that. I feel, I feel like this is a game because their pass defense just isn't isn't great. That this could be a chance for a Quez bomb. Quez bomb, baby. Quez bomb or two. All right. Um, like I said, it's always it seems to be a, a, a throw up between. Smith and Goddard. Um, and yeah, I know it's eight for Watkins. So I'll, I'll just go Goddard to be contrarian since no one else has taken him. So yeah. go with that. Why not? Why not? Smith Big Goddard. game for Goddard so, incoming. Sounds quite good to me. I am um, sick if Jalen Rager gets over 100 yards now this weekend <laughs> after everything <laughs> I've said. <laughs> well, I'll be quite happy. Oh, yeah. you know what? Oh, can I change one of my answers? No. Oh. <laughs> You know what? I'm in control. I can do well. Okay. Nah, nah, that's, that's okay. It's okay. Um, um, so the, the next category, I believe, is uh, rushing yards. So how many rushing yards do you reckon the Eagles have put up on the Giants? Bearing in mind, we put 242 
That's right, 242 on the Saints. Um, what do you reckon we'll put against um, one of the worst brush defences in the league, Liam? I'm going to go a 195. I think the Eagles are going to equal the record set in the 1950s of five games of over 175 rushing yards. But I actually do think the Eagles are going to throw the ball more. So I think they got less than they got against the Saints. Uh, but I still think they're going to put up nearly 200 yards of rushing yards against the Giants. All right. Paul? 196. No, what's a wanker? <laughs> I feel like I always get prices right every every bloody week because I do the thing. So um, no, I was I, I was going to go for 190, but I'm thinking 200's a nice number. I feel like they do more than 195, so I've got to beat you somehow. So I'll go 200. Okay, <laughs> 200. Right, okay. This is where Mick goes 205 and you can only win by like a two-yard margin. I'm fully time. expecting it. I know Mick's <laughs> game. Well, I wouldn't do that to you, mate. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, you know what? I'll I'll go lower this week. Um, I went I went high last week. I went high last week, um, even though it was the Saints. But I'm going to go lower this week. I don't know why. I just feel like that I'm sort of where you are at, Liam, where I think we're going to throw out a little bit more. I don't see us having another 50 carries. I know that that was a lot against the Saints, and I know it was against a really good run defence, and the Giants aren't as good, but um, I think it's an opportunity. It's a, there's an opportunity here, so um, I'll go for 145. 45, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, we'll see. 45. All right, so, um, Sacks. Uh, Phil. I was literally, I knew that one was coming next, and I started thinking about it. I was going, yeah, we're going to sack Daniel Jones loads, but then he is quite good at escaping. He's not and bad. He's a bit of a magician on the ground, he's yeah. He's a bit like that, and also he tends to turn over the ball more through the air than he does <laughs> holding on to it too long or anything like that. So I'm going to stick with a uh, conservative two. Two. They are averaging two sacks per game in New York Giants. I was going to go two. Uh, so, in the interest of positivity and fuck the Giants, I'll go three. You'll go three. Um, I think that Giants offensive line is absolutely terrible. Um, oh. I'm going to bet on the Eagles. I'm going to go. And, and we're on the road, so we're road dogs. We're road warriors this year in terms of sacks as well. We've only had one at home this whole season. Didn't even have one against the Saints, just that game gone by. But on the road, it seems like we just tear, tear it apart. Maybe maybe I can be better travel. Um, I'll go. I'm going to go five. Why not? Oh yes, I'd love to see it. So would I. That so would I. I see. Meet the ball. <laughs> How many of those are for Derek Barnett? <laughs> Oof. Um, ah, man, I'm not going to go into specifics. They're all for Ryan Kerrigan. He's going to have five. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> I don't think anyone can imagine that. Right, um, next one up is uh, the outside the box. This is the one that I always dread, actually, because I can never think it's off the shelf the bat, but um, we'll go with Phil, because he seems to be staring me down just now. <laughs> no, no, I was just going deep into, deep into thoughts. I thought one earlier, and I was trying to remember exactly what I was doing and whether it's outside the box. <laughs> um, the Giants are not going to score a touchdown. Oh, Ooh, yes. I love that, man. Me too. Me too. But they're going to score 12 field goals now. <laughs> okay. 
All right. Is our meter, Mick? Yes. Okay. I am going to go for Jack Stoll to score a touchdown. Jack Stoll. I like that. I'd like to see him get more more involved in the passing game. Yeah, so would I. Now Ertz has gone, you know, coming towards the second half of the season, worse opposition, give Goddard a break, maybe play both tight ends at the same time when you're in the end zone, get Goddard double cover. I'm going into too much detail. Jack Stoll, touchdown. That's fine. It's like Tidy Jackson seems to be. Yeah, I was going to yeah, I was gonna say exactly the same thing. I'm still looking for him to get his proper shot. I mean, I understand there's probably a reason why, because he's been on IR, so... There's no need to rush him in, but it'd be nice to sort of see Tyree Jackson come into the fold a bit. Mick, yours? I would like that. You know, see, when, when I said I wanted to change one of my answers, it was the first Bob's touchdown scorer, and I was, go- uh, I, was, I was going to change it to Boston Scott because, as we mentioned before, it's the giant killer, and we're missing Howard this game. So I was thinking outside the box, something to do with Boston Scott. So um, just on the basis of him being the giant killer. Um, I'll go with what one rushing touchdown, one passing touchdown for Boston Scott. Okay. Is that is that yeah. outside the box enough? I think so. So a receiving touchdown can be caught in the backfield and a rushing touchdown for Boston Scott. Yep. Yeah, I like it. Good. Nice. Right. Nice. And finally, we have our score prediction. Oh, yes. We'll go with Uliam first. I think we're going to be so far up that we're going to be seeing our second and third string players for most of the third and fourth quarter. So I don't think it will be as high as it would be if we kept our first string team on. So I still think we're going to put over 30 points on them. So I'm going to go for 36-12 to the Eagles. Nice. Like you're thinking about the garbage time. We didn't give them a lot in the garbage time, did you? Mm-hmm. All right, Phil. Um, yeah, uh, thirty-two to nine. Um, three, is that, three, is field that three field goals <laughs> for the Giants. Just thought <laughs> I wasn't contradicting myself too much there. I really, really, really don't want the Giants to win after this podcast. Well, oh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a lot of to to bake some humble pie because of a, of a <laughs> feeling. It, we might be eating a load of it, but nah, nah, I'm only joking. But it's no, just yeah. the way it would we'll have to be. We we'll have to be super contrite uh, next week if it doesn't go the way we want to want to be. Yeah. I think we are just to go on one score. I think we are capable of putting up a lot of points against pretty poor opposition. See that against the Lions, um, Falcons. Yep, against the Falcons in in the first game of the season. So. But we seem to be getting better and better every week. I don't see any reason why we can't put up major points against against uh, the Giants. I'm not going to go overboard and go 50. Yes, I knew it was coming. (laughs) I put the hands up. You can't see it on the podcast. I had the five in the air up in the air. I was waiting for it. (laughs) I won't go. I won't go five zero. But I'll go. I'll go in the forties. I'll go forty three. Oh, I thought you were going there. If I had you, no, I'm not going to take over fifty. I just, I just. No, not just now. Okay. Um, maybe against the Jets in the following week. Maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see. Depends on how this game goes. We'll just camp out in the MetLife for a couple of weeks and just take there's the numbers. A, there's, a, there's an outside the box prediction of my cats go flying across, nearly knocking a bottle of wine over. I'm sorry if you heard that. 
I don't know how that bottle of wine stayed up where it was. Um, well, okay, he's pissing himself laughing. We're keeping this in the podcast. Um, over a hundred, over a hundred points against both New York teams uh, combined over the two weeks. That'd be something else, wouldn't it? That'd be unreal. Yeah. Um, I'll take that right now. Uh, <laughs> but no, I'll go. I'll go forty-three, twenty-three, something like that. Maybe that's a score of gamma. Who knows? I don't know. I take these things up on my head. Probably. Probably. All right. Good stuff. So we got them all locked in. We got a Giants coming to. Well, we're going to the Giants' town on on Sunday. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to watching a few guys. Another good episode. We'll sign off here so you don't see a two-hour and 40-minute podcast when you log into Spotify or wherever you listen to this podcast. We are, of course, Next Man Up. We are presented by the British and Irish Eagles. If you don't follow us on Twitter, please do. Hopefully you do. We're not sponsored by anyone, but if you know anyone who wants to sponsor us, let us know. Hope something funny and enjoyable will be good. Um, but yeah, listen, guys, thank you so much for joining me. It's been great. It, it brightens up my week after a pretty you know crappy day or two to just come on and speak birds with you guys we hope you we hope, hope you enjoyed it as well and looking forward to yeah chatting with you guys on sunday when we play the giants go birds <laughs>